0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. You know, I love this story this morning, the calling of the apostles, because it is when our church, the followers of Jesus, it's when we got started. And if you think about it, it's just unbelievable. It started with these three or four guys along the Sea of Galilee. And from that have come billions of Christians throughout the ages. Now, it didn't just start that day with them. If you think about them, when Jesus called them, they did not become instantly holy or instantly good or instantly full of this beautiful light that shined into the world. They were called by Jesus, though, to be the beginners of the spread of his way. And it took time. You know, they were walking around with Jesus every day for at least three years of his life, and they were eating with him, and they were hearing him teach, and they were um, sp- spending the night with him, praying with him, and it's so f- just remarkable to me, at, towards the end of the, the life, they're still not getting it. They're not getting the full thing. I mean, think about it. You remember that, the story of the Peter, James, and John, and they're on the way to the cross, they've just seen the transfiguration, and they're walking on the road on the way into Jerusalem, and they are still arguing about who's going to get to sit on a throne next to Jesus. And you can just picture Jesus going, oh. Yeah. <laughs> really? And it wasn't until after Jesus died that these three guys finally start to get with the program. It took the coming of the Holy Spirit. It took Pentecost where Jesus' spirit went into them when they finally began to develop their inner glow and become lights to the world. It took being with Jesus, but it also took His spirit. And then listen to what happened to Peter. Peter then sh- on the day of Pentecost, he's out there, He's um, in the temple in Jerusalem, and he's preaching. Now, this is the same guy that ran and hid and was kind of skulking around while Jesus was being tried. But no, now he's in front of all those people, the ones that sent him, sent Jesus to the cross and the crowds that had been uh, involved in those days. And he's saying, look, this Jesus Christ, you know, the one that you murdered, he was the Messiah and the savior of the world. That was the boldness of, of Peter that didn't come until the Holy Spirit became with him. And it's just not the Holy Spirit itself. Think about Apostle John. He was the youngest of all of the apostles, and he lived for decades after the death of Jesus. And it took life and reflection and being and reflecting on the words of Jesus in prayer for John to finally get it. When he does, it's quite remarkable. He writes that beautiful gospel decades later that starts with poetry. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him. This is a lifetime of faith that has grown through the ages, through reflection, through experience, So that John can write, what came into being in him was life, and the light was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And then, of course, we have the Apostle Paul. We all have sort of a love-hate relationship with Paul. (laughs) I know I do. (laughs) But I love him as a mixed bag, because you know what we all are? And Paul is the example of how God can take a know-it-all zealot and turn him into something wonderful. But it took Paul decades, I believe, to really, really figure it all out because it is his latest letters and teachings that may be the most profound, showing him living in the Spirit so that's when you see in Romans, his letter to the Romans, chapter 8, the one we all love. If God is for us, who is against us? For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from, um, from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then he writes in his final letter, which could be his final letter before his death, the letter to the Philippians, he writes in there, I know what it is to have little and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of being hungry. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. You see, these apostles these early leaders of Jesus, it took them all time. It took walking around life with Jesus. It was only then that their lives began to shine and they became leaders of the way. That's what Christianity was called before it was called Christianity, the way. And so that is what we are called to be. We are called to be followers of Jesus on the way And just like those apostles, it takes us time. It takes time of life and time of living in faith, living with the words of Jesus. And often it also takes trials and tribulations because isn't that when we throw up our hands in despair and we turn to God as a last resort in hope. So I want to talk to you about developing inner glow have you all ever known anybody about like this people in your life who just absolutely shine from within with joy and peace and faith and love I remember one of the first people I ever met her name was Lydia she was a freshman at Auburn University the same year I was and we lived on the same hallway And some of y'all may have heard me talk about her in a Bible study study class, but I had never met anybody like her. She was about this tall, (laughs) darling, golly, just full of beauty and kindness and light. She loved Christian music. She did Bible study every day, but she wasn't churchy or judgy or pushy. She was just lovely and she had an inner glow. And it turned out that she would do one remarkable gesture gesture that would change my life. You see, my father died in a plane crash my sophomore year of college. And when I returned to school, one day she left a Bible for me. This one. It's called the Possibilities Thinker's Bible. It's a real Bible. It's by um, where Schuler came in, and he he highlighted in blue all the texts that he thought were positive thinking. Okay, so some pages, some pages have more than others. <laughs> anyway, uh, this little book, he she wrote in there a little inscription, and I had forgotten about it till I looked at it the, this morning. In Christ, there is always hope. You know, it was at this time when I really began looking and searching in the Word of God for hope. I'd lost my father, I was a daddy's girl, and I was heartbroken. So I was looking to God to help me through this mess and to guide me on my way. And I did it by reading His Word And then I started with the Psalms, and the good thing about this little Bible is there's also little, um, there's also little uh, devotions scattered throughout it, so it starts to tell you about what the, what's going on in those particular passages that, are, that you're reading, so it really was something special, and you can tell I wore it out, okay? <laughs> then fast forward a few years, and I was going through another trial. This time it was a divorce, and I was going to be a single mom with a little baby. Um, I was a partner in a law firm. It was not how my life expect- I expected my life to be, and I was deeply distraught, and I had just started coming to the Episcopal Church. And so it was beginning to be Lent, and I was a good Catholic, so I knew about Lent. Um, and so I was like, I am going to take on a discipline this year. And what I decided to do was to read the Bible, to do the daily office. Now, this is something I would um, actually encourage you all to do as well. And so um, the daily office, it's in your prayer book. You can tell I sort of wore this one out. Um, If you go to page 944 of your book of common prayer, that's where we are today. The third Sunday after the epiphany on Sunday, you'll see two or three Psalms that are written there, an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, and a gospel. The daily office is a two-day way of studying the Bible. I mean, a a two-year way of studying the Bible. And if you do it, you're going to read the entire New Testament. You're going to read a big chunk of the Old Testament and all of the Gospels. I say that to you because reading the Bible every day, and I began this part maybe 20 years ago, it has been one of the most fulfilling faithful things I've ever done. It's completely changed my life. And it's something that I would love for all of you to experience as well. Because you see, the, the Bible is the living word of God. And it is God's word to us as we walk with him through our journeys on the way just like those apostles, it allows us to live in faith, and God will guide us and sustain us as we walk with him, and so that's what I want to encourage you all to do. Get a Bible. Now, if you haven't done this before, go get a life application Bible. Those are great, and basically what happens is at the top is the word, in the bottom, it says, "This is how that might apply in life or in the world." And what I want you to do is get a real Bible. Don't do this on your phone. You need to be able to flip through it. Okay? Not kidding. And look all this. Look right on it, y'all. I give you permission. Get a pencil if you're a little worried about it. Um, but there's a collect in our prayer book that is towards that we always read sometime in November. Read Mark inwardly digest. That's what I want y'all to do. I want you to get your Bibles out, crack them open, start a conversation with God. You are going to be amazed at how He will speak to what's going on in your life every day. And I hope you have smiley faces and hearts. Put your people that you like, you're praying for, put their names in there, what you're praying for. Put the people you don't like in there. And see what you're praying for. The good thing about reading the whole Bible almost every two years is because you get to go back. And you can see what you were praying and reading about earlier. And you go, look what God did. Okay? And that's what I'm trying to get you all to do. Because we are called to a life of working with Jesus. And we live in a world that is full of muck. And it can be full of darkness. There are a lot of people in our world that are going through a lot of trials, including maybe some of you. And we are called to be lights as Christians for them, to lead them to the only place of true hope. You know, it reminds me of this, where we lived in Alabama. We lived on a lake and it was really dark. It was out, way outside, we were at this rural rural area. And on our front yard one night we went out and th- there's big trees and it was up a hill and it's completely dark under there. And there were thousands of fireflies flitting around. It was the most beautiful firefly show I've ever seen that's what we're called to be, little lights in the darkness in our little part of the world, hopefully creating a sense of hope and a sense of joy, not only within ourselves, but in the lives that we touch. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, said, we are to shine like stars, but always remember that the morning star Jesus our Lord resides in our heart. And it is his inner glow that is within us that will shine through us to the world. So Jesus is calling us, he's calling me, he's calling you to be a light in the world. And so I pray that you will fire up your inner glow and go out and light up your world. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, come in us, come around us and surround us. But mostly today, hit our hearts and hit our souls. Fire up those flames within us. Pour out your spirit so that our light within will turn into a fire that glows brightly, giving us and giving the world hope, comfort, peace, and strength as we walk in your way on our journey back to you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.